Hi there, and welcome to the latest installment of That's What Bear Said. I'm your host, Bear, and on today's episode, I'm chatting with Ben Minden of the Bear Hug Cattle Company. What's the Bear Hug Cattle Company? That's a great question, and we are going to dig into it. So welcome, Ben. Hi, Bear. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, you're welcome. Ben, just like right off the bat, so our listeners can kind of get an idea, like what is Bear Hug Cattle Company? Yeah, so Bear Hug Cattle Company is a 501c3 nonprofit that takes veterans who are transitioning out of the military or have already transitioned out of the military and gives them the skills and resources uh, necessary to get involved in the ranching industry. That's awesome. So how how are you involved? How did you get involved? How does this relate to Ben? Sure, yeah. So um, I spent uh, about six and a half years in the Army. Um, I went to college at the United States Military Academy and in 2015 commissioned as an infantry officer from there um, and then moved uh, down to the southeastern United States to Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, and when I was there, I got involved in uh, a bunch of riding and stuff like that. And so I had um, started riding with a reining trainer in um, southern Georgia and just absolutely fell in love with it. And so um, I rode with him for about a year and then um, actually started riding cutting horses with a with a guy in South Georgia named Johnny Daffin, who became a really close friend, personal mentor, and is just still one of the finest uh, horsemen that I've ever ridden with today. And um, as I started getting, uh, this was while I was still in the army. And so as I um, got more involved with the cutting horse deal, um, you know, I'd bring guys from work from the army out there with me to ride these cutting horses and do kind of a lesson on them. Um, and I realized that there was this huge need um, because there was a ton of guys in the military who really wanted to get involved in this agriculture sector, section um, who wanted to learn how to ride horses and handle cattle and uh, work in this industry. But there was no way if they didn't grow up doing it that they could get involved in that sector. And so we kind of uh, just did it very casually at that point. And uh, I later moved to North Carolina um, after I had been riding cutting horses and showing cutting horses for a while at that point. Um, and then I uh, started actually doing some roping with the guys from 310 Ranch Life, John and Dalton Darnell, who have become uh, really close friends at this point. Um, moved to North Carolina and then ended up managing um, about a 700 acre cow calf deal there. Um, and the owner of that, Charles Pope in Vast, North Carolina, really, that's kind of when the idea started to take off. He was really gracious with his um, property and cattle and kept a bunch of horses there and just had guys um, coming through all the time from Fort Bragg to learn how to ride and handle cattle and, and do all the basics that come with uh, working on a cow-calf deal. And so that's kind of where the whole idea for it um, started. Hmm. So w did you grow up around cattle or anything, livestock, farming, ranching, any of that? Nothing. No. So I actually grew up in a, a suburb of New York City and wow. had no experience with horses or cattle. 
at all. Um, when I got in the army, I started traveling out to Montana um, to go fly fishing. And I was out there one day in the Madison River Valley and I saw um, a bunch of guys. What I now know is they were shipping yearlings um, mm-hmm. uh, up on the north end of the Madison River Valley. And I saw them out there doing that. And I was like, wow, that is just one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And so, um, I had kind of started asking around people at work and just trying to get my foot in the door, um, in this whole process in any way that I could. And I just could, you know, if you don't grow up riding a horse or around that stuff, people are very hesitant to, um, give you that initial training or like, if you don't know how to ride a horse, it's very difficult to find someone to let you ride a horse. Um, so unless you have the financial means to pay for lessons, um, which even that is, is difficult to find at times, unless you have that financial means to pay for lessons, it's very hard to kind of break into that industry. So I got super, super lucky and ended up when I was in Georgia meeting, uh, that reigning horse trainer, Daniel Hunter, um, who's still a competitive, uh, reigning horse guy down there. And he was an old army veteran and very graciously kind of took me under his wing, um, and I had no knowledge or experience, didn't, couldn't saddle a horse, couldn't catch a horse, just wow. absolutely worthless, uh, totally as a horseman. Green, huh? Yeah. And oh, he really took me under his wing and, um, over the course of that first year, um, just, he poured into me, um, at that deal and just was a really, really good friend. I'm still very close with him to this day and kind of learned my, foundational riding stuff from him and uh, a bunch of stuff about training younger horses and um, so it was a really good background for me to get into that uh, reining horse world early on because you really learn how to kind of control every part of a horse in a really cool way so yeah but I had no no background with it whatsoever Um, which again that's part of the reason that we're doing what we're doing is because I had such a tough I had a desire to do it Mm-hmm. And I had such a tough time not coming from that background that we're kind of trying to bridge that gap for people, specifically people yeah. coming out of the military. Yeah. And it's, you know, it seems like it's a really common theme in maybe it's like every part of every like type of work, but like in agriculture, I've noticed that it's like, if you're not a three third generation rancher, like take a hike, you know, but the reality yeah. is, is that like, they're start like our, our breed is starting to die off and we do have to have first generation farmers, ranchers, homesteaders, whatever, you know, like that is, is necessary. Um, so I think that's just, I think that's awesome that you guys are kind of leading the charge on that for, you know, a group of people that you know, I've served our country and deserve the opportunity to, to get into something so rewarding like ranching. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And, um, that's part of it too. Right. So there's the one aspect of taking guys through, right. When guys transition out of the military, that is a huge identity crisis. And like, I Mm. personally experienced it and uh, a ton of guys do. And so for us to have a hand in being able to take guys through that transition and put them into a uh, second career that is very similar to the military in terms mm-hmm. of culture, type of work, all yeah. that kind of stuff. That's one huge aspect of it for us. But then, so when we moved the 
nonprofit out to the Bozeman area of Montana, um, you know, I and started getting connected with all the the ranches out in the Wyoming, Colorado, Montana area. You know, those people became a second family to me. And so to be able to help the military guys, but then to be able to help these ranchers, um, like have uh, guys coming into this industry who are super high quality guys who are really motivated to do the work um, and to be able to produce that workforce for these big ranches and, you know, those friends who are running those big deals. It's uh, it's been really awesome to kind of see the synergy between the two and it just really has worked out super nicely. Yeah. And I bet those like local ranchers, now that you're building that relationship, they're like, Hey, we know Ben is going to bring us like men and women that like are actually going to be helpful <laughs> a little bit, you know, maybe like, I'm sure it like transitions, but like, at least you're teaching them like, okay, here's, here's what you do when we're helping, you know, they're not total green. Yeah. So, yep, absolutely. And like, that's part of what we're trying to do is build a brand and a reputation that when we say, Hey, you know, when we, um, go to the ID branding in the summer and we say, Hey, you know, we have this guy who's been through the program and he's looking for a job. And, um, you know, we, we hope that at some point we'll have a reputation where that will carry some weight and mean something in the community where people will kind of understand that a guy has a certain set of skills at that point. Um, and you know, we had, uh, dozens of conversations with these, ranchers before we kind of outlined what it was we were going to do specifically in the program we had a a ton of conversation with these ranchers saying hey what are things you look for in guys you hire what skill level do you want guys to come in with um like based on their 20 30 40 years in this workforce like what are some things we could teach these guys so that they come in way ahead of the power curve um you know so what were were some of those things that they were like common themes but between all the ranchers? Yeah. So a a lot of the common themes were, um, you know, you could get hired onto some of these places occasionally without experience or around horses or cattle. And you you just need to find someone who's really gracious and willing to pour that time into you. But it takes a lot of energy away from these ranch managers when they have to train someone who's never saddled a horse before to do that. And, um, anyone who's, uh, been on horses before knows it takes a long time to get good at at that kind of stuff. And so, um, some of those things that we're trying to get at are just, um, understanding kind of all the fundamentals of horsemanship. Um, and so one of the outcomes of our program, one of the goals that we're trying to achieve is just to have the guys be able to complete basic ranch tasks on horseback. So for instance, like if you have a guy, um, in a jig line riding out and you drop him off, and tell him to ride a circle from here to there he can understand what that means and he has the ability to go by himself and take his horse and trot his Mm -hmm. circle and gather a pasture and and that is not something that needs to be explained to him you can trust that he can ride off on his own and do some of that stuff um so that would be like an example of one of the things that we're trying to uh the level of proficiency that we're trying to get these guys to um you mentioned like the identity crisis, like coming out of whatever military branch it is. Um, Is it just that like, okay, I've been doing this for so many years and this is who I am. Like, what do I do now? Is that kind of the crisis? Yeah. um, I mean, that's definitely part of it. And so when you 
joined the military, they specifically um, and uh, indoctrinate you, take away your old identity, make everyone the same. You get the same clothes, the same haircut, the same food, the same bed, um, the same rank. You get spoken to the same way. And so they intentionally strip away your identity, mm-hmm. give you a new identity to make you part of this team and start building you up kind of foundationally from from the start. And so, you know, when an 18 year old kid does that, leaves home, um, joins the military, gets this new identity, and let's say um, he does it for six years. So he, from the time he was 18 to he was 24, which are some of the most formative times of people's lives, he's had this one identity where he's been a member of a team. He's been, um, he's been part of this big machine that is very well defined and structured he's been told exactly where to be and when to be there and what to wear and what to do when he gets there and then you know when people make the decision to get out of the military um you they get handed a piece of paper on their last day in the army and then they take the uniform off and then they're just kind of stuck wondering what they're supposed to do now and you know there are definitely people who have um a strong sense of direction after the military Um, But a lot of times these guys and gals get out and are just kind of stuck wondering like what it is they're supposed to do now. And they, they're not around the support network they've been around that they're not Mm -hmm. around any of the things that they've been uh, totally accustomed to, to doing every day for, you know, their entire adulthood up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. That whole chunk of like really formative years, like it's like their individuality has been suppressed for the, the team. And now it's like, I imagine almost like you have to go on like a discovery, like who am I as an individual? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is, um, and you know, that's not something that's exclusive to the military. Like I had a conversation with John Darnell, who runs a 310 Ranch Life um, down in Ardmore, Oklahoma. And he experienced a really similar transition when he, he had been working at Park livestock in Alabama for a number of years and he was kind of running their whole um backgrounding deal there and he was in charge of it all and made all the decisions and then when he made the decision to leave Parkman and kind of got into his own thing he struggled with a very similar identity crisis Mm -hmm. he um you know lost the support network that he had had at that point he was kind of by himself um trying to figure out how to navigate this new world that he found himself in and so um you know it's a, it's the same thing as leaving the military uh, it's the same thing as leaving like one of those big ranch manager positions and trying to do your own thing it's just yeah. um definitely a discovery yeah for sure um so now tell us about like your facilities and do you guys own your own horses how does that all work so going back a little bit we had been doing this on a very individual basis um, for the last couple of years. So we had a, we, I have, uh, my personal horses and then we have, um, in Georgia and North Carolina, we had uh, a group of horses that we basically borrowed. So mm-hmm. cutting horses, rope horses and stuff like that. So guys could ride a variety of different horses. We made the decision because the demand to come out and do the program was starting to exceed the amount of resources that mm-hmm. we had. So we made the decision to take a pause for a second um, this past spring, move everything out to Montana, 
um, for a number of reasons and then kind of take a break, regroup, strategize and figure out how we can start to get after getting some more resources like owning our mm-hmm. own horses, yeah. um, owning our own facility, um, owning all, all the equipment that we need to put more people through this program. So like I said, we had been doing it kind of on an individual basis. Um, so maybe three or four guys and gals a week would be out and it'd be kind of one-on-one. And we're trying now, a big reason for the move out to Montana is we want to take a centralized group of four people through this program at one single time for 10 weeks and um, push them all through together. And uh, there's a number of reasons for that. But right now, in terms of facilities and resources, we're actually um, leasing SNS stables in Bozeman, Montana, uh, which is actually the old um, site that Heroes and Horses, which is another nonprofit out in that area, had used. Um, and so, yeah, we're leasing SNS stables from Savannah McCarty and she is a just phenomenal performance horse trainer. And so she's taking care of a couple of our horses for the winter and, uh, they've gotten into a riding facility. And so what we're trying to put together for this upcoming, uh, summer class next summer is, um, working with Cody Harris, um, down in Rollins, Wyoming, we're going to try and lease a um, a bunch of horses. So guys can, uh, have like a set group of horses that they use for the entire program. Um, and so we're still trying to work through putting that string together for the next class. So the plan is next summer to kind of execute the 10 week program for the the first time with like an intensive long-term program. Like, will the people come and stay with you? Are they from all over the nation? Are they just from Montana? Yep. So we did the individual deal in the South. We transitioned out to Montana and then kind of strategically revamped everything, got our feet under us and all that kind of stuff. And so what we did this summer was we went and worked with all these ranches that we're going to work with next summer. And Uh, basically pitched our idea, um, got some buy-in from people in the community and set up all the logistics that are going to go into running this, what we're calling the pilot program next summer. Mm -hmm. So that next summer will be the first time that we take uh, a group of four veterans and put them through this consolidated structured 10 week program. And so to answer your question of where are people coming from, where are they staying? Um, so we're going to bring in, uh, four guys or gals who are veterans, uh, they'll stay with us in uh, just outside of Bozeman and Gallatin Gateway. And then we'll be based out of SNS Stables in Gallatin Gateway. And um, everyone will live there together, uh, spend time together. And we have uh, the whole 10 week program outlined of what we're going to be doing on what days and where we're going to be and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And that's set to kick off at the end of May of next summer. So, so what does day one look like of the 10 week so, program? Yeah, day one. Um, so we'll do kind of uh, on Sunday, we have it templated that everyone will fly in, meet each other, kind of get the tour of the area, get their feet under them and all that kind of stuff. And then day one is going to be <clears throat> how it's going to be structured is there'll be some kind of classroom uh, instruction in the morning. And then the afternoon of the first week will just be all basic riding fundamentals. And so, um, the first day I'd have to look at the schedule, but I think it's just like a 
general overview of like what is horsemanship yeah um and then moving outside to like how to safely you know put a halter on a horse and how to lead a horse and just all the basics and this is for people who have never touched a horse before in yeah. their life. Yeah. and so it's definitely starting off at square one and then in the afternoons of that week we'll be in the arena um, teaching everyone the fundamentals of horsemanship so how to use your seat and your legs to ride how to use the reins what's the appropriate amount of pressure to get certain things done we'll have a cutting flag in there so so everyone can uh, get on a real broke cutting horse and feel <laughs> that's what so that's fun. like. Um, yeah. And so that, that whole first week is kind of just focused on all those basic fundamentals of just learning to control a horse in a very, very controlled environment. So the mornings will be kind of like a classroom portion. And then the afternoons are like a practical portion um, where everyone's just getting those fundamentals down. Well, like, so the participants obviously need like a pretty high level of commitment to this and, um, mm -hmm. you know, a certain work ethic and um, is what, who would you say is like the ideal person for this? Like, what are their qualities? What are their attributes coming into it? I think the biggest thing is uh, people who really want to do this after they get out of the military. If you haven't grown up in it, it's hard to really understand how hard the work is and you know, people might be thinking that they're getting out of the military and going to do uh, some romantic version of cowboying and they don't understand that their hours are actually worse than the hours in the military <laughs> and all that stuff. So I think um, like the first quality we would look for in people is people who really want to get invested in this world as a career after the military. Mm -hmm. The next thing we would ask of guys who are interested in this program or gals interested in this program is that they're um, just willing to show up and be super humble and learn. And, and that's really difficult for um, just people in life, I think, mm -hmm. is to admit that you don't know anything about what you're going to go learn and to have yeah. that, that <clears throat> mindset that, that, you know, you're going to be told you're doing um, something the wrong way, you know, 10,000 times in, right. in this program. And, and you're going to be expected to be riding out with these ranch managers who have 40 years of experience doing this and, and to, to just be really humble in that um, because the relationships we have with these ranches that we're going to be on next summer is, is really special to us. I love the idea. I love everything about it. I think it's, you know, even for like civilians, I'm sure people are like, start some sort of nonprofit for me. Cause like, I want to learn this. Yeah. Um, yeah. We actually get asked all the time by people who are not, have, haven't been in the military. Mm -hmm. if we do a program for, uh, like non-military members as well, but, yeah. um, right. We're just kind of right now focused on getting guys, um, transitioning out of the military into this, into this space. So, yeah, well, I think you can tell just even, um like from our instagram page and others like people are like craving this way of life you know they're craving mm -hmm. a little um more self-sufficiency they're craving you know being in touch with the land and their animals and and cows and you know like all of it and it is kind of romantic it totally is but if you don't like love it to your core <laughs> the romance romanticism like falls off real quick really yeah quick. so it'll quickly die away at four in the morning <laughs> yeah. yeah yes um, yes or, or yeah, calving every single night for you know 
45 days you know it's like yeah it gets a little old at the end absolutely and there definitely seems to be this um trend towards uh people wanting to get involved in these industries that are um like these just great blue collar industries that are kind of almost starting to fade away now and especially yeah. you know i've seen it in the military um, a ton specifically because like I mentioned, there are just so many parallels between the military workspace and the agriculture workspace that it's just, um, uh, it is just drawing guys at a crazy rate to, to try and get involved in that, um, world. But, uh, um, there really just haven't been any great ways for guys to do that. There's a lot of programs for guys to get involved in agriculture and farming and all that stuff. Um, and some really great uh, school programs for that. But there just hasn't really been anything until now for guys trying to get involved in the cattle business. It is a very difficult, uh, like I said, if you don't grow up with it, it's very yeah. difficult to get your foot in the door it in that is. community. Um, but my experience has just been all the guys I've worked with out West, um, BJ Jordan, Cody Harris, Buck Marsh, Will Hudson, they just absolute legends in this community have have been so um, welcoming with open arms. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a testament to you, too, because I think that like at the end of the day, um, people can recognize someone who's sincere who's like you said, humble and like just totally ready to work, you know, and that's mm -hmm. where it gets a little mixed up sometimes is when we're like, you know, maybe don't come to the party as like open <laughs> about the lack of knowledge. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that's one of the, you know, as I was, and I, and I still am, but as I was really starting to learn about all this stuff and grow into it and do all that, like w that would be the first thing I would tell people. And I'd be like, Hey, I like, I did not grow up dragging calves to a branding fire like please can you tell me what the best way to do this is yeah yeah and then once you once you open the door for people like that they're like oh okay yeah you know this person's not trying to act like um he's something he is not and like right. um and you know it takes you could watch the way someone climbs up on their horse and know how long they've been doing it what their skill level is and so uh, you know, that's something that I try to convey to the guys all the time is, you know, like you're not fooling anyone that you haven't been doing this for right. 20 years. Um, so don't try yeah. and act like you have been doing it for 20 years. Like it's totally fine to not know what you're doing in these situations. Just yeah. like ask the right people for help. And sure. I have never once seen someone like not be super helpful when, when asked to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. So it sounds, I mean, like you are obviously a success story of like your own program <laughs> and now sure. you're passing it on to others. Like tell us about some of the people that have gone through that one-on-one -on -one with, with you guys, like where are they now? What are some encouraging things that they're doing? We worked with a gentleman down in North Carolina who was kind of towards the tail end of his military career. And he had grown up judging livestock. Um, and so he knew the livestock aspect of it, but he had wanted to kind of get more into the uh, horsemanship side of it and, and doing all that kind of stuff. And so uh, we worked with him for a little while and, and just did some really, really basic stuff horseback. And, um, and now actually he's still tied in with that ranch down in North Carolina that we used to base out of and, and helps out with 
that gentleman run that cow calf deal down there now that we're gone and everything. So he's been, he's been like a really cool example of someone who um, had a little bit of background in it um, and then went through and had a, a bunch of time with us and then kind of really just jumped right in. And, and he was so eager to learn and get into it that it was just really easy for him to pick, pick up on all of it. Yeah, that's awesome. If people are like listening to this, which maybe there will be like six or seven people, listening, <laughs> maybe 10. Um, and they're like, gosh, I want to do this. Like, how, how do they go about what's the process if they're like, I think this is something I'm interested in? The first thing I would encourage people to do is just reach out to us um, on Instagram, through the website. Um, you know, my personal cell phone is is posted there as well. So if, if there's any veterans out there who are interested in doing this, please don't hesitate to contact uh, myself and I'll talk to anyone all day long about the program. I'm super fired up about it. Um, and then the next step would be we would try and determine if they would be the right fit for the program. The program would be the right fit for them and what they want to accomplish in their life and everything. And then, um, you know, if, if that is the case that someone's the right fit for the program and the program is the right fit for them, then we would work on seeing, uh, if they're available for the dates that we have scheduled for next summer. And so we have already had, um, like a pretty good volume of people reach out and uh, want to be a part of the program next summer. So then the unfortunate uh, events happen of trying to determine who um, we can support because just resource wise, we can only handle uh, four guys or gals mm -hmm. for that, for that 10 week program next summer. So. And if like people in the community are, I mean, obviously they can make like a monetary donation, but um, you know, are there any things that you need? The financial side of it is, is so super important for us. And uh, we're kind of strategizing right now a fundraising campaign that we hope to kick off um, at the end of January um, to raise uh, all the money to support the program all of next summer. Um, and so people have been very gracious um, already with that and have, have made some awesome donations that have kind of got us underway out there. Um, but we still have a long way to go to get to the amount of money that we need to get that program fully uh, funded for next summer. And I'm totally confident that we will get there um, and, and make that happen for these guys next summer. Um, but the other things that um, if anyone has the opportunity to help us out with um, housing in the Bozeman or uh, Gallatin Gateway area would be just a uh, huge um, you know, we're, we're predicting to have to rent a space for the, the participants to stay in next summer. And if, you know, someone had a vacation home they weren't using that could get donated or a guest house or mm -hmm. a bunk house or something like that, that would be, uh, just a huge financial burden off of the program. And then, um, the other thing, just basic like tack for horses, we're always just going through, you know, breaking a set of reins or needing a new head stall or uh, yeah. chewing through a saddle pad or um, f trying to find a really good saddle that fits horses and stuff. So just any of the stuff in the tack category, that's something again, that we're budgeting to, to have to spend some money on. But um, so we've worked a bunch with three forks salary and they've been really gracious with us awesome. and uh, kind of helped funnel a lot of used tack that comes through the store in our direction. Um, and that's just a super great organization. So really grateful for them, but anyone else in the community would be 
would be really helpful. And then um, the last thing would just be uh, to continue to make connections in the, the Bozeman area. And so one of the outcomes of this program is we want guys to leave this summer with every connection they need in the Western industry to get a job where it's um, best for them. So we have a ton of great connections in Northern Colorado and Wyoming and some connections over on some ranches in Ennis and uh, up by Tudot. And, you know, we're always just looking for more connections so that guys can meet more people, get more experience and then really have a full spectrum of, of people that they can contact when they're done with the program to talk about potential future employment. So do you kind of see it as like they'll complete the program with the end goal to then work at a working ranch and then eventually maybe do their own thing or, um, you know, wherever that leads? Yeah, so um Basically, uh, four weeks, the first four weeks of the program are all in Bozeman. Um, the next four weeks of the program, we're going to travel around to ranches, um, basically from Bozeman all the way down to Walden, Colorado, and everywhere in between. And these guys will get operational experience on all these ranches, doing brandings, riding health on yearlings, um, doing all the full spectrum of operations that come with with working on all these kind of different cattle deals. And so um, what, what uh, we would want for them to do is finish the program and have this Rolodex of people they can contact um, and have all these relationships that they've been able to foster over the summer as we spend time on all these ranches and be able to reach out to one of those guys and say, Hey, you know, I, you know, I want to do an internship here for six more months, or I want to get hired on as the full-time hand, um, while y'all are shipping in the fall or do something like that. And then um, what we really want to do is our, our more broad picture goal is like, we want to be producing the guys who are leaders in this industry five or 10 years from now. And so yeah. um, the goal is to get guys hired on. So we're going to give them a baseline level of experience so that they could get hired somewhere. And then once they get hired somewhere, um, we want to have chosen people who have the values and the ethics to um, get hired on one of these places, continue to learn and grow on one of these big, big deals, and then be the leaders in this industry, whether that's being a manager at another ranch or um, getting out and starting their own deal that they can grow and uh, make profitable and turn into a really cool space. So um, that's kind of what we're hoping to do is be, be producing the leaders in this industry and the, who are going to lead the, the cattle industry in the next 10 years. Wow. Super cool. Ben, tell me, how did you guys come up with the name Bear Hug Cattle Company? Yeah, so uh, the name Bear Hug Cattle Company kind of originated because when I was a kid, my mom uh, made a painting on the back of an old door that uh, said Bear Hug Inn. And then when I built my place out in Montana, um, I ended up hanging that sign in the house out there. And then the name kind of just stemmed off of that old painting. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> um, so you, yeah. you talk about like your your team or like this is a big undertaking. Who's who's supporting you? Like who who's making this all happen? Yeah, so we have a really awesome team. So on the team right now is uh, myself, Winston Bolt, Ian Con Cannon, Bobby Culp, Trey Kensing, and Christian Smith. So four 
of those guys are buddies from the army. Um, so Winston Bolt is a active duty company commander at, uh, in Colorado right now. Um, Ian Con Cannon is a Green Beret officer. Bobby Culp is a Green Beret officer. Trey Kensing's an active duty company commander over in Italy, actually. And then Christian Smith is a uh, one of my best friends who has like 10 years of nonprofit experience. And so um, we have all the guys are pitching in tremendously, um, doing just a, a phenomenal job, uh, kind of lightening the load and, and doing all that kind of stuff, helping out with fundraising, website design and, and everything that we can get our hands on. And so uh, that's the team right now. That's awesome. Um, so I, uh, I posted something the other day and I can't, I can't remember what it was. And then someone wrote to me in a message and, and they said, you know, I was active duty from blah, 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 whatever. And I said, oh, well, thank you for your service. And they wrote back and they said, I always feel really weird when people say that to me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, is there something else that we could say to people who have served our country? No, I think that's awesome. And I learned a trick when I was, uh, very young in the army that when people say that you just say thank you for your support so yeah that's been my that's been my cop out to that question for for the last 10 years so <laughs> yeah because I, I imagine it you know like it probably makes people feel a little awkward because you're like of course i'm this is like what i was made to do i'm doing this you know like I'm, sure, i would yeah. do it anyways whether you thanked me or not uh, which is very noble and and i think as like a civilian we know that but like there's there's a bridge we want to gap, you know, like to just, even though it's weird, like we want to acknowledge that. And I just want to make sure I'm doing that the right way. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I think that's a great way. And I know the guys would absolutely love to know that, uh, you know, the work they're doing is appreciated. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to tell us about? Yeah. I just kind of want to give a shout out to, uh, some of the guys who have um, just been like really inspirational people to me, like, yeah. and it helped me kind of guide through this process. So like first one, uh, would be Johnny Daffin, who is the guy, the cutting horse trainer in South Georgia, who really kicked all this off for me and really inspired that, that passion for riding nice horses. And, and, and really what he did was, um, created an environment where it was okay to learn and mess things up and, and and say that you don't know how to do something and he just uh was probably still to this day one of the best horsemen and trainers and friends that i've i've ever got to know so um he was really cool and um instrumental in in this whole thing and then uh, a couple of the other ones would be um cody harris who um is a manager down in rollins wyoming and then bj jordan who have both been um just really phenomenal phenomenal men and mentors to me and and have just gone so out of their way to help out with this bear hug deal and and uh just like my own personal development in the industry and have just sat through hours and hours and hours of me asking questions and talking about training horses and roping and uh taking care of cattle and then um the darnells also from 310 ranch life who have kind of been um instrumental in kickstarting uh, my own personal journey and in, in this kind of thing so um yeah, just a big, a big thanks to, to all those guys. And then, and then to Winston, Ian, Trey, Bobby and Christian who have been, uh, 
who have been sacrificing a lot of their personal time and crazy busy schedules to, to make it all happen. So, well, you know what, thank you so much. Uh, what you guys and what you're doing and your dream is it's so important. It's so powerful. Um, I just, first of all, thank you for your service, but also thank you. Thanks for, for your support. <laughs> also thank you for what your the future of ranching can be that you're adding to it that you're helping it grow in such a a, a well thought out and positive way i think it's really going to be very impactful and and super important yeah we're really excited about it and uh we have a lot of work to do between now and uh may 29th when we kick off our uh our big pilot program next summer and uh but we're really excited and we're fired up for it. And we're just super grateful to have an opportunity to be part of this industry and, and to get the, get the guys transitioned out of the military around these phenomenal, phenomenal people out West. And um, so we're really fired up about it. That's great. Well, if we're down in the Bozeman area, can we stop by and, and meet you guys and say hi and check out the facility and stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. You can. Okay. All right, Ben, thanks so much for spending time with us this evening. And you guys check out Bear Hug Cattle Company on Instagram. Do you guys have a website? Yeah, we do. It's bearhugcattlecompany.org. Um, and then our Instagram is at bearhugcattlecompany. All right, you guys, thanks for listening to my convo with Ben Minden of Bear Hug Cattle Company. This is... Um, a project that is just super, super cool. Um, so Growing Up Montana is going to donate a dollar every time this episode is played. Our maximum donation will be $1,000 because that's what we can swing right now. But I would love if there are other Instagram accounts or other people that want to match this donation, get in touch with me and let's see how much we can raise for these guys. Please let me know if that interests you and um, please share the link with family and friends. Thanks.